from all of our kids today. I want, as we, we are kicking off or continuing, excuse me, our series called Sunday School Stories, Ancient History with a Modern, modern Meaning, and we're just taking a, a look at some of the stories that we've heard in Sunday school and growing up. I want to ask all the kids in the room, if you will, to come up on stage and help me tell the story of David and Goliath. Does anybody, any kids want to come up here with me? It'll be worth your while, I promise. All right, you guys sit right out here. You can't tell all the secrets this time. You're here? See, I told you I was going to get you to help me today. Ronnie, I'm going to need that chair. Microphone. Come on around this way, guys. Come on over here. Somebody come over here. Right over here, right over here, y'all. Christopher, go right back there. <laughs> oh, we got us a crew today. <laughs> round here, round here. There we go. There we go. All right, I got it. Thank you. Okay. So today, we are going, and I'm going to get you to help me tell the story of David and Goliath. How many of you know the story of David and Goliath? Some of you? Okay, Colin, come help me. Come up here and help me real fast. Stand right here and wave to everybody. Can you tell us the story of David and Goliath? You want to tell it? What happened with David and Goliath? You don't know? I thought you said you knew David and Goliath. Are you scared? You want to sit down? Staring contest, you and me, go. Oh, you want to get down? Okay, you can sit right there. All right. All right. You know the story? Come on, come on. Okay. Hold on. Oh, Lord. Here we go. All right. Tell us the story. Um, day, 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 David. <laughs> day, David. That's not very nice. David. We got it. David. What David do? He, he, he don't like this clothes. He don't like the clothes. Mm-hmm. All right. So what do he do? Then God. Then God pulled pull the rock on the like head. That's nice. That's pretty good. Okay. Good job. Good job. Y'all give him a hand clap. All right. You want to tell us what happened? All right. All right. All right, tell everybody your name real fast. Jaden. Jaden. Okay, Jaden, come a little closer. You're waiting. Wait, am I scary? No. Okay. All right, Jaden. See if you can tell us what happened with Dave and Goliath. You want to hold the mic? Okay. 
I'm scared of lions, so um, David, when I um, killed Goliath, and he, he thought of something, he got a rock, and he swung the thing around and hit Goliath with it. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Do you know something else? Taylor, you've been waving your hand like you know something. Okay, come on. Let's see what you know. All right, well, last, last one right here. Okay. David, all the guys were scared of Goliath, so David was playing some kind of instrument for the king, and then he said, I'll do it, and then... He went outside, got a slingshot, found a couple big rocks, and slung it and hit him in the forehead. That's pretty good. Okay. That's pretty good. Okay. That's pretty good, right? That's pretty good. I'm telling you, you know it when you're sitting out there. You stand up here with all of you people looking at them, and suddenly your mind goes blank. You guys did really good. You, you want to tell me one thing? Okay, come tell me one more. Y'all want one more real fast? Okay. All right, let's see if we can get this. We know that he didn't like his clothes. Okay. David. That was really good. <laughs> that was really good. All right. All right, let me see if I can tell the story really quickly. Goliath was a huge giant. You know how tall Goliath was? Seven feet, six feet, eight, five feet. Two foot nine. Nine feet, that's pretty close. How about you? Pretty close. He was nine foot Nine inches tall. That's really tall. That's like really, really tall. Uh, Ronnie, will you come help me? Mr. Ronnie's going to be our Goliath today. Show us your muscles. All right, stand right here. Now, Ronnie, you're about what, six foot two? You all right? You about six two? All right, so we'll say you're about six foot or so. We'll add another 18 inches for the chair. We'll add another uh, eight inches for here. We got about, I'm so, all right, we got a little over eight foot tall from, from where you guys are sitting to where Mr. Ronnie is standing. Christopher, stand up for me. Come stand right here. You know how tall you are? About four foot 11. That's pretty close. Okay. Four foot eleven and a half. Okay, that's good. David wasn't much taller than Christopher. In those days, men were much shorter. Full-grown man might have been five and a half foot tall. A tall man would have been five foot ten, maybe six foot tall. David wasn't even fully grown. David was a young guy. David was just a teenager. He wasn't much taller than Christopher. Show us your muscles, Christopher. Okay, now I want you to think about this. I want you to turn around and look at your dad. 
Here is David looking up at Goliath. (laughs) Goliath is almost twice the height of David. Everyone in the entire army is afraid, but not David. Let's think about something else about... um, uh, Will you help me grab this bowling ball right here? Goliath's spearhead. Not the whole spear. Not his whole uh, armor. Just the head of his spear that was about this size weighed as much as this bowling ball. 15 pounds. Feel that right there. No, you try to hold it. Ooh, it's kind of heavy, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, okay, let's not hold it right above anybody's head. Okay, whoa. Okay, all right, be careful with it. Be careful with it. I don't want no broken anything. Okay, let, yeah, okay, let's try, let's try over here. Okay, all right. Wait, didn't you hold it in the first service? Wait a second. Let's go. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Give it a try. Give it a try. Okay. All right. I, okay. That's enough. All right. That, that's good. Let me have it now. That, we got too many. It's out of control. David's arm. Uh, Goliath's armor. Not his sword. Not his shield. Not his spear. Just his body armor. His bronze chest plate and and shin guards weighed a hundred and fifty pounds. It was huge. David was small. He comes in, and, and one of the guys told us he didn't like his clothes. I'm assuming what they were referring to was Saul put his armor on David, and it was too big. It was too bulky. It didn't fit for him. And so David said, no, 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 I don't need any armor. Now, I want you to get a picture of this. Are you going to be David now? Okay. We got a David. We're good right here. Okay, everybody's David. Well, y'all stand down on the step. Stand down on the step. Don't get too close. Stand down there. Y'all don't want to be David? Okay. Stand right down here. Stand right down here. Okay. Now, get her a picture of this. What sense does it make for David to be fighting Goliath? David doesn't even have any armor. He doesn't even have a sword. And he's going to fight the greatest champion Possibly in this entire part of the world at that time. And yet he goes into battle. All he goes with, yeah, just throw me the whole bag. Give me another one. Don't eat these. Y'all hear me? Don't eat these. Okay. Y'all take one. Christopher, take one and pass one around. Take them and pass one. Take them and pass them around. Okay. Okay, y'all take one and pass them around. Everybody gets one. Don't eat it. Who ate theirs already? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Don't eat it. Okay. Does everybody have one? Who needs one? Right. Just pick, just pick it up. You're not going to eat it. Nobody's going to eat it. Just, just, okay, pass them out. No, don't put them back in the bag. Pass them out to these people that don't have one. Okay, y'all back up a little bit, David. David, back up. 
Okay. No, don't ah. Okay, you want one? Okay, you don't, Maddie, you want one? You ate yours already. You don't get another one. You want one, girls? Y'all got one? Okay. All right. So here comes David. Thank you. Y'all back up a little bit. Back up a little bit. Here comes David. And the Bible says that he ran towards the giant. And he said, you come at me with a sword and a spear, but I come at you in the name of the Lord. And he slings his slingshot. And he grabs a rock that was about the size of a marshmallow. Five smooth stones. And he grabs that rock and he slings it at Goliath. Sling it at Goliath. <laughs> oh, they're coming back for more. They're coming back for more. <laughs> You're done. Okay, whoa, 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 okay. We're out of control. I'm not a children's pastor. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> uh, okay, David, David, everybody. <laughs> if you want a marshmallow to eat, get in the line. Line up if you want to eat a marshmallow. Here you go, Goliath. Here, you get a line over there. All right, get a line. You can get down before you get knocked down. Okay, you take one and, and you can go back to your seat. Whew. Here, we almost lost it. It, it went a little, it, it got a little out of control. Okay, well. Yeah, yes, here, Joel. Y'all give him a big hand. Oh. Uh, that was maybe ill advised. Sticky, sticky, sticky. Good job, kids. Thank you for helping me tell that story. And I've always, I've always dreamed at throwing a marshmallow at, at Elder Ronnie Ramirez. It just... <laughs> Let's look at this story just for a few minutes. I, I, I love Family Sunday because I think it's so important that our children come in and, and worship with you, that they see you reading the word, worshiping God, praying. Because children model. They do what they see others do. And we want them to model you worshiping God. Doesn't that sound good? So I'm glad our kids are with us today. Thank you for giving me a few minutes to uh, have some fun with them. The Israelites and the Philistines are fighting again. They've been fighting and fighting and fighting for what seems like forever, they're gathered here on two sides of the Valley of Elah. The Israelites on one side and the Philistines on the other. Goliath comes out every morning and every evening and he begins to challenge them. He begins to mock them. He begins to mock God. And he, be, he, he, he is trying to convince them to come and fight him. His voice echoes throughout the valley every morning and every evening. One of the problems that we have with giants in our life is, is that they dominate our thoughts. The words of giants begin to take over. 
the, the problems, the issues that we face, the giants in our life, they begin to dominate every thought, all of our thoughts, all of our time, all of our worries. Twice a day he came out and he echoed. They torment us and they terrorize us while we sleep. We lay down to try to get some rest and the giants are speaking to us, tormenting us, challenging us. I, at oftentimes in my life, and I'm praying the Lord's helping me with this, but it's, uh, I, I struggle to sleep at times. One of the reasons I struggle, struggle to sleep is that because I have very vivid dreams and I tend to talk or walk or do other things in my sleep. One night when Lindsay and I were first married, we'd been married a year or so, we were living in a little apartment and uh, in our bedroom we had our bed and my daughter was just born, about, she was about eight months old or so and she slept at the end of the bed in her crib all in, the, all in this one room and we were sleeping there one night and in the middle of the night I reach over to my wife and I cover her like this and I say, don't move, there's birds in the room. Don't move, they're going to get us. Do you see them? 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 So my wife wakes up out of a dead sleep and she's going, covers her up like this. I don't see him. She's afraid to move. Eyes big. And I'm just like, there he is. There he is. I mean, I don't know if I was like watching Alfred Hitchcock movies or what I was doing, but for whatever reason, I was dreaming about birds dive bombing us in the room. He's going to get you. Be still. Don't move a muscle. And my wife, she's, such, she's so great. She listens to everything I say. She's not moving. I go right back to sleep. I'm out cold. I don't even know what's happening. Not her. For an hour. <laughs> Afraid to breathe, you know, just like if I don't move, they won't know I'm here. Finally, she goes, are they gone? And I said, is what gone? What are you talking about? And she realized, oh my, my husband has been sleep talking again. When I was a teenager, uh, the house we lived in and out of my parents' ranch, my bedroom was the closest one to the door. My mom came in late one evening. She had uh, driven in from somewhere. She got in at 1 o'clock or so in the morning, something like that. And as she opens the door, she hears me screaming. Ah! And I am literally on the, on the foot of my bed, holding on the footboard, shaking my bed like this, going, ah! Her mom comes in. What's wrong, Randon? What's wrong? What is wrong with you? Are you okay? And I stand up and I go, That was close. She said, what? I said, it almost got me. What almost got you? That train almost hit me. Thank God I held on to that pole or that train would have gotten me. (laughs) I was dreaming that a train was coming through my room and was about to hit me, but I held on to the post. True story. I could list those types of stories probably the rest of the sermon today because I uh, do dream a lot. But sometimes I have dreams that are not dreams. They're just pure nightmares. I can't sleep. I can't watch scary movies anymore. I I never really could. But even as an adult, you'd think I could watch something scary. No, no, I can't watch something scary. My wife and I went to see a movie one time just a couple years ago. It looked really good. It looked like an action movie. thought, man, this is going to be great. Turned out to be a little bit more sci-fi than I was expecting. No, 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 I couldn't go to sleep. And we went to the midnight showing, too, or like the 10.30 showing. No, 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 I didn't, I didn't, I didn't sleep. Mm. 
because things torment my mind. And I dream so vividly that it, there are times that I wake up in the middle of the night, 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, and I have such vivid dreams that I'm afraid to go back to sleep. And so I get up and I work or I watch TV or I pray or I do something because I, I'm afraid to go back to sleep to dream that dream again. That's how real it becomes to me. Now, I don't know. Is anybody else that way? Okay. A few of us. A few of us. It's okay. You're not alone. <laughs> I thought I was alone. I asked the first, is there anybody else out there? And like everybody raised their hand. I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm not crazy. But this is the truth. Things in our life, they get into our mind and they can torment us and they can cause fear. You know it's not real and yet it can control you anyway. And then I have times in my life when real issues, when real giants when real problems take over. And they, they won't let me sleep. Randon, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You can't do this. You can't do that. You're going to lose. You're going to get beaten. You're not going to make it through. Everybody's going to hate you. That's a terrible message. That's a terrible tie. That's a terrible jacket. <laughs> Whatever. But they torment me. And it's one thing when it's fake and I can go and do something else to take my mind off it. But when you know it's real and when you know you have to face that giant tomorrow, they torment us. They steal our sleep from us. They steal our rest. And here's the problem with that. When giants and, and thoughts get in and start to torment you like that and you can't get any sleep, your body can't recover, your mind can't recover, your spirit and your emotions can't recover, you can make it one day. I can, I can make it one day and, and not get a lot of sleep. You probably won't notice it. But three, four, five days, a week, a month of not getting any rest. And you can't even fight the devils that you know you can beat. Little bitty problems become giants because you're so worn out from not getting rest. And so this is one of the ways the enemy wants to attack us, is he wants to get inside of our minds and control our thoughts to the point that which we can't think about anything else, we can't rest and we can't recover, we can't receive strength, we can't do what our body was created to do, and therefore he doesn't even have to be a giant to beat us, he can be a little bitty teeny weeny devil and he can destroy us because we're too weak to overcome. I want to speak a word over you today. If you struggle like I have in my life with giants getting into your mind, overtaking your thoughts with stealing your sleep and stealing your rest, I just want to speak a word of peace over you right now. If you want that, just lift, just lift one hand with me really quickly. I speak a word of peace over your life right now. And every time you lay your head down to sleep, you'll go to sleep quickly, you'll rest soundly, peacefully and you will awaken strengthened renewed powerful ready to take on the world full of God and the grace of God I declare that over you right now I declare that over your room that it would be full of peace that that anything that is trying to torment you and is trying to get in your mind, thoughts, stray thoughts, stray ideas, uh, old movies that you may have watched or something you saw, uh, old memories, I pray that they would be erased right now and that beginning tonight, you would rest peacefully. 
I declare it to be so in the name of Jesus. Amen. For 40 days and 40 nights, they faced this challenge. Goliath somehow convinced the Israelites that we don't need to fight army against army. We'll fight one man against one man. Win or lose, that's the winner of the whole battle. This Goliath convinced the armies of Israel who had been defeating the Philistines for years, generations. He convinced them, there's no need for all that, just fight me. He convinced them to fight alone. He convinced them to fight by themselves. You need to know something about giants in your life. They will make you feel like you're all by yourself and nobody is there with you. They will make you feel that even though there's a church with, standing there on the hillside, that they won't, they're not fighting with you, they can't fight with you. Even though God is there, you have to do it alone. Hear me now, that is a lie from the enemy. There is nothing that you have to do alone. Nothing in this world will you ever have to do alone. You need to know two things. First and foremost, you have a God that is on your side. You have him on your side. He is your God. He is with you. The beautiful thing about God is he comes and lives inside of us. That means wherever you go, God is. You, it, it, Paul talked to us about this, about how we become the temple, the tabernacle, the house of God. So wherever you go, the house of God goes with you and the presence of God goes with you. God himself is there. So you're never alone. Even though it may look alone and your enemies are trying to convince you you're alone, you are not alone. Second thing I want you to know, you have a church that's standing and praying and fighting with you. You have a church that's believing for you. You, have, you don't have to go into battle by yourself. There is an army on the hillside. All you've got to do is whistle and give us a wave and we'll come in praying and believing for you. You've got to know that. But then I have this thought. 40 days and 40 nights, this has been going on. No one has volunteered the, the armies are scared. They're running from Goliath. They're not running from the Philistines. They're running from Goliath. One man has struck fear into an entire army. Saul is back in wherever he is. And he's just, he's just hoping that someone will volunteer. Saul wasn't going to volunteer. Now the Bible told us at one point that Saul was head and shoulders above everyone else. And even he was scared. Here comes David. Remember Christopher. Here comes... Here comes David. And he walks in to the king and says, I'll fight Goliath. Saul knows David to be a harpist. He could play the harp. He knows him to be a, a, a psalmist. He could sing. But Saul doesn't know him to be a warrior. In fact, David's muscles weren't fully developed. His bone structure wasn't fully developed. He was just a young teenage boy. He was, he was just start, starting to hit his growth spurt. And yet, he comes in and says, I'll fight. Now, let's get into the mind of Saul for a minute. And I ask this question. You send one man out to battle. 
If that man loses, the whole army loses. What are you thinking sending David? I mean, can we send somebody out there that has a shot? Is there no one else? Have you thought about this before? What was Saul thinking saying yes? What was he thinking? But here's the thing about Goliath. Goliath, giants convince us that there are no other options. Goliath had Saul convinced that there's no other option. No one else will fight. We can't go fight. So we might as well send David. He's a bad option, but he's the only option. But here's the thing what giants do to us. They try to convince you that you don't have any options. And they narrow it down to where there's only one thing that you can do, and it's a bad plan. And then they know they can beat you. You see, looking through the eyes of a natural man, Goliath and David fighting, David had zero chance. Goliath had put them in a position where it seemed like they had no options. But you need to know something. Even if it looks like you have no options, you still have options. Because God is on your side. Here's the beautiful thing about David. Even though they had been fighting this foe for a long time, and even though the Israelites were running from the armies of this giant, they were, they were running away, they were, they were hiding and running. David wasn't afraid. David, David said, I'll go and I'll fight. Because what he did was he changed the subject. Let's read a couple of verses from 1 Samuel chapter 17. Verse 26. David, speaking, says, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away this reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that should defy the armies of the living God? Verse 37. David says again, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Verse 45. Now, David is going. He's about to fight Goliath. Here's what he says to Goliath. He said to the Philistine, You come at me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come at you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give you the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Here's what David did. For 40 days and 40 nights, everyone on the hillside, everyone in the armies of Israel, all they talked about was Goliath. Goliath dominated their thoughts. It dominated their conversations. They sat around the fire at night. They didn't talk about their work. They didn't talk about politics. They didn't talk about uh, 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 the Dallas Cowboys. They talked about none of that. They talked about Goliath. But David comes in and changes the subject. Because while they're all focused on Goliath, David was focused on God. David realized that I have a God who's bigger than Goliath. I don't care if he's 9 feet 9 inches tall or 19 feet 9 inches tall. 
My God is still bigger. My God still created the heavens and the earth. My God can still with just a, a word from his mouth and, and that giant will be gone. My, my, I serve the true and living God. I serve Jehovah. I serve Elohim. I serve the God. Now, I don't care about a giant. Because what giants try to do is they try to tell us you're not big enough, you're not strong enough, you're not good enough, you're not powerful enough, you're not wealthy enough, you're, you're not intelligent enough, you came from the wrong place, you came from the wrong family. They try to convince us of all these things. But what David realized is though I may be all of that, you may be exactly right. I may not be strong enough, I may not be powerful enough, I may not be big enough, I'm not even fully grown yet. But David knew that him plus God was more than enough. And this is what you've got to know in your life. Despite the facts of the situation, you plus God is more than enough for victory. You plus God is more than enough to overcome. You plus God is more than enough to get the job done. Don't turn and run, but fight for God. David knew in verse 45, he said... The armies of the Lord. There was just one army on the hillside fighting for the Lord. But David saw armies because he knew there were angels encamped around. He remembered the story of Moses when God used uh, natural things. He used hail to, to defeat the enemy. God, he remembered Joshua, Joshua where God calls the walls of Jericho to fall down flat. He remembered those things. And he said, this is God. I'm not going to limit God to just doing it one way. Just because the giant says we're going to have a sword fight does not mean you have to have a sword fight. Because the armies of the Lord are on your side. This is what David saw. Yes, he was too young. Yes, he was not qualified to deal with giants. And, and the armor that Saul put on him was too big and it didn't fit. But, you know, we don't need to rely upon the weapons of the world. We should rely upon God. We should turn to our history and remember what God has done for us. David said, I took my slingshot and I killed the lion. I took my slingshot and I killed the bear. We'll do the same thing. This, this plan will work again. Because David understood to God, no difference between a lion no difference between a bear and no difference between a giant. When God's involved, he's big enough to defeat them all. David said, the same thing that God did for me before, he'll do for me again. So we got to remember our past victories. we got to remember what God has done before. And remember that if God did something for you once, this giant is not too big for God to overcome. Because it's all the same to him. It, it doesn't matter. Big things, little things, they're all small to God because he's so big. And, and so it matters not. He can do this. Whatever he's done for you in the past, he can do that and more in the future. Don't limit God. You've got to know that in your life. Don't limit God and say, well, God may have done that, but this problem is just too big. There is no problem too big for God. There's no giant too loud, too powerful, too strong for God. He can help you overcome. we just got to turn to him, and we've got to get focused on our king. The Israelites had been fighting the Philistines for generations. Samson had faced them. Joshua had faced them. And you know, there are giants in our life that have been in our family for years. We deal with them. Our father dealt with them. Our 
mother, our grandparents. Generation after generation dealing with the same problem, the same giant, the same foe, the same enemy. You need to know something today. I'm declaring over your life that you don't have to fight the battles that your family has been fighting anymore. Today, victory and a finality. When you study the Old Testament and you watch as the Israelites battled people, they fought people time and time and time and time again. But on a few occasions, they got to a place where they defeated that enemy and they never fought him again. That's the kind of day it's going to be for you. That's kind of the, the kind of season you're in right now. You're going to defeat this, ba- this, this battle. You're going to w- defeat this giant. And it's going to be over. My grandfather was an alcoholic. My father was an alcoholic. I have to be an alcoholic. No, you don't. My mom was broke. My grandmother was broke. I'm going to be broke. No, you're not. The Bible says you're going to be the lender and not the borrower. You don't have to be. My brother's struggling with depression. My mom's bipolar. My dad fights this battle. You don't have to fight. You can defeat the giant for the whole family. God can heal just like that. Just in a moment. Heal the whole thing in your entire family. What are you dealing with? What giant have you been facing? Today is the last day. We're going to declare victory over some enemies today. Does that sound good? All day, from the first song and the first service, I have felt just some a victorious something in the atmosphere today. I just feel like God is ready to win some battles today. And he's just been waiting on a few people to call on him. He's just been waiting on a few people to quit going into battle alone. To quit listening to the giant that's telling you you got to fight by yourself. you got to do it on your own. you got, you got to go at this thing alone. No, 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 you don't. You have God on your side. And you have a church on your side. You have people praying for you and praying with you and standing with you. God has just been waiting on you to call him in. I used to watch wrestling as a kid. WWF, Hulk Hogan, all those guys. And when they would be having four guys fight, two, two teams of two, they would tap and the other guy would come jumping in. Do you remember that? Few, few of you remember that. They would tap the floor or they would call for help and the other guy would, they, they always come jumping in from the ropes. Hulk Hogan would come flying. I don't know what he was going to do flying through the air like that, but it looked cool. And they would come flying in. Here's what I feel this morning. It's time for us to call on God. Just tap the mat and say, God, I've done this long enough. Andre the Giant is sitting on me and I can't take it no more. I'm I'm, I'm calling for Jesus. And then God's come flying in in your situation. He's going to pull you out of there and he's going to defeat that giant and you're going to overcome. If you want that this morning, would you just stand with me today? I'm going to sing something victorious here.
a beat. Yeah. Here's what we're going to do. As I pray over you in just a moment, if you have giants in your life that you want to ask God to help you overcome and defeat, I'm going to ask you to lift your hands with me. I've told some of you this before. You may remember it. We lift our hands. First of all, it's a sign of surrender. We're surrendering to God. But the same lifted hand, if you go in a boxing ring, at the end of the, at the, end of the boxing match, the announcer goes over and he grabs one of the men's hand and he lifts it up. And he declares, the heavyweight champion of the world is Evander Holyfield. Because the same lifted hinds that say surrender also declare victory. So here's what we're doing today. We're going to lift our hands. And we're going to declare, Father, we're just surrendering, to, surrendering to you and declaring victory over every giant in our life. I'm going to pray for you. And you name your giant. As I'm praying, you just name your giant. You call it what it is. If it's an addiction or, or, or if it's an emotion or if it's a, 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 a lack of finances, a lack of resources, whatever it may be. You declare it. You speak it out. And allow God to defeat that giant in your life. Here, we're going to give it to him. Are you ready? Father God, I declare right now to every giant in my life and every giant represented in this place, every hand raised. It's a hand raised in surrender to you and in victory over our enemy. Father, for every giant represented here and at home, we declare that you are going to fall. Just like Goliath on that day, your day has come to a close. Your time is over. You won't hurt us. You won't be controlling our thoughts and our actions in our life. We are not alone, but we have God on our side. And us plus you, God, is more than enough. We are victorious in the name of Jesus. Just because he fought our grandfather and our father and it's in our lineage, no more. We cut that off right now in the name of Jesus. We win through the power of Jesus Christ. I thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, amen.